listening to the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast. gentlemen emo brown and friends presents the weekly episode something we've been trying to get going it's hard man it's hard right now it's hard it's hard to have consistency when it when it comes to the podcast for non-interview related episodes i mean episodes that are, contain like an interview or like i just released the, the tom from the balboa or stuff like that those are easy because there's a set time there's a set date we both show up and we do it and it's done when it's just kind of like freebasing an episode, it's it's hard because it's just to kind of get scheduling down, bro. It, it, it's not easy. So today, Clint, I must just I'm gonna just straight up call you Clint. Bro. I know it's confusing, man. I'm I can confuse too, man. I hate having to introduce myself to people because I'm like, what name am I going by? I've seen you by? do both. I was like, Hi, yeah. how you doing? I'm Justin. Yeah, and yeah. I say, hey, what's up? I'm Clint. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's a it's like bipolar names, bro. I'll so tell you. <laughs> I haven't gone by Clint though, probably since I've like we started getting reacquainted. Because outside of that, since I was like twenty four, so uh, really, so yeah. Oh shit! So yeah. Clint is a you. You outgrew that name. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a it's a novelty from the past, man. Fuck it, then I'm gonna call you Justin. I don't nah, want- dude, I don't care either way, bro. I mean, you know what? Actually, it feels kind of cool to hear the name. You know, even my kids are like, oh, people calling you Clint again. I'm like, yeah, man. So right. let's Clint roll with it. it. Is, there it is, dude. Once upon a time, well, still a certain amount of people. I was always referred to as Stevie. Stevie was always my name. Stevie growing up, Stevie this, Stevie uh-huh. that, Stevie that. And um, to this day, bro, like certain people call, call me Stevie. Like wifey calls me Stevie. Yeah. My parents, everyone in my family yeah. calls me Stevie. And then some of us caught wind of it here at the brewery. Stevie. And now it's like, hey, what up, Stevie? I'm like, uh-uh, that ain't you. Yeah, you ain't yeah, there, that, son. That, that, that's a very, very, very <laughs> select group of people who call me Stevie. You are not one of them. Yeah, man. Names, bro. Yeah. Well, I think there's a certain uh, a passage that comes with uh, a nickname, right? And like, if you part of that passage, you get to use it. And then if you're on the outsider looking in, you're like, damn, can I use it? Can I use it? But, you know. It's crazy because people, people, I have a lot of. A lot of names. Uh-huh. Like they'll call me Shams, uh-huh. Stevo, and now all of those names are whatever. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I like. I, I honestly like Stevie the best. Yeah, you know that for me is like I know you. Yeah, your family is like I feel comfortable. Totally. When people call me Stevie, totally. um, Esteban, that's when I'm in trouble. Yeah, when I'm in trouble or I done fucked up something like Esteban, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, they coming at me. Yeah. Oh man, but Mr. Clint, we did it. Yeah, man, success. Definitely. The first, the first installment of the uh, Emo Brown Foundation took place this past Saturday. We had the uh, the gratitude ride, bro. Mm. Everything came together. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was a bunch of different because there's seven of us, and each one of us had a, a, a little piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. that we had to put together, put in place in order for the the ultimate goal to come through. And we all did it, man. Yeah, man. Shit, man. You yeah. with the YMCA and, and your affiliation with them and what you were able to do to use the YMCA as our funnel to collect uh, the funds and the donations, ultimately to cut a large check to give to mm-hmm. the recipients. That's huge. You yeah, know? Um, 
everyone else involved. We had people in charge of the marketing. We had people in charge of setting up the the liability waiver for riding, setting up the sponsorship package. El Compita Tony Yu, Baja Wine Tours. He's did all that. El Compita Profit Christian, bro. He, he came together and, and wrapped a ball on it, tied it all together, made it presentable. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody in the crew brought, brought a little something extra that we needed to get it all done. And it, we, we didn't give ourselves too much time. We're call it ignorance call it stupidity but we really wanted to get this project off the ground um and we did it yeah. you know we, we we were able to the initial goal was three thousand uh-huh and we surpassed that yeah and then the goal was moved to five thousand uh-huh. i think we're there yeah i mean we haven't thought of the i's and crossed the t's but right. i think i think we're there yeah we're definitely knocking on that door man it's gonna happen you know what was crazy um in my reflection this whole experience one it was super fast um you know, Dude, two it, weeks passes by fast. <laughs> very quick, man. Very quick, you know. And um, I think there's something to be said about men coming together with some raw ambition, meaning the passion to help, the greatest of intentions, you know, and but all of us with different skills. So any of us, anyways, us coming together and aiming at this cause and making it happen. And it was multifaceted, man, right? It's it's about creating content and creating a link. And like on my end, you know, with the speed of what, everything that was happening, it was about me really like flexing relationships within the why. And hey, can you can you do this? I know it's a quick timeline. And hey, can you identify this? I know it's a, you know, it's a quick timeline, blah, blah, blah. But everyone I encountered did it with such a, a, a lovingness to them and, and a joy to them. And I was like sitting back and observing this whole thing Everyone's been happy the whole time. No one's been irritated or upset or doing it because they had to do it. Like this is in the truest sense coming from a place of of pure goodness. It wasn't a it wasn't a chore. Yeah. It, it was a passion. Mm. It didn't feel like an obligation. Yeah. It felt like a reward. Like, hey man, we're we're doing something good. Yeah. I was just talking to my boy my boy Gus right now a few minutes ago and he's like I just wanted to give back. I just wanted to do something. And I feel like that's the attitude that everybody had. Nobody yeah. here is rich, bro. Nobody yeah. here has got a lot of money. Yeah. Nobody, you know, what we do have is we have kids. Yep. We have ambition. We have respect for the community in which we live in and work with. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like those things, those components tied together, that's what got us through it. Two weeks, we found out was short, bro. Yeah, man. And through COVID. Yeah. So, we were ultimately meeting once a week and then kind of just getting our uh, information through uh emails mm-hmm. and then texts and then freaking whatsapp everything bro <laughs> yeah. everything like my job was to make sure i i, I collected that money yeah. you know so i yeah. reached out to a bunch of businesses and some of the businesses that came through bro the vogue tavern mm-hmm. or i'm sorry tavern at the vogue um the homie ron richie at the mm-hmm. grindhouse mm-hmm. he came through like a g the yeah. homie ben at hoppy days here in the south bay mm-hmm. man all of these cats, Lolita stepped up. Yep. Willie, Willie's insurance, he came through like a yeah, champion. Yeah. Um, we had r- local real estate ag- mm-hmm. agents, Freddie Garcia. All of these cats, man, they yeah. all like, they, there's nothing to gain from this. You're, yeah. you're not going to get like a ton of exposure. But the one thing that all these guys had in common, all of these businesses had in common, SD Fresh, you know, here at Three Punk Gales in Manhattan, Elwood, like all of these things in common is that we all do business in the South Bay, mm-hmm. you know? Big shout out to Matt Machete, dude, Eddie and Joanne and, and, and the homie Adam. Like everyone, yeah. like put up. And shut up. Yeah, man. Like, we would, I'm proud of that. Yeah, man. Chill with the fire department, right? Chill with the PD. We got the fire department, bro. We got chill with the PD. It was like, it's one of those things where it's like, wow. Yeah, man. I mean, you're the Emo Brown group from my view coming to to meet you all. I always kind of like the mantra, like, just like 
don't don't say you're going to do it. Like, just do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no excuse, man. And and that to me is super motivating for myself. You know, I mean, and and, and that energy and being around that. So I think that people are just gravitating towards that. And now that the energy is being put towards uh, helping a family or three and some kids, like how could you not get behind that? You yeah, know? bro. Uh, it's, it's a really cool thank thing, you. man. It's really I told cool you, I tell you as much as I can. Thank you, man. It's all, it's awesome to, to get reacquainted. It's awesome to be homies and um, tackling new adventures together. Yeah, this man. bike ride was an adventure, bro. Yeah. Dude. And then this bike ride was fun. The, um, we had a total, and we didn't really publicize the bike ride too much One COVID, you know I mean? It, it it's a very weird situation yeah. for all of us. We're in a pandemic. We're as safe as we can. All of us, most of us in the group have already been tested and we continue to get tested and we continue to practice, you know, social distancing. Um, this, this ride was no different. I mean, we, we, we all ride together. We all, you know, wear masks when we ride, we're outdoors, which what we've been told it seems to be the safest way to do anything. So, yeah, I mean, all the establishments that we visit, everything was outdoor, you know? So, we did everything by the book. So we had a group of about 20 dudes that came through, you yep. know, and that was cool. People that we already knew, but a lot of people haven't met like the podcast group, mm-hmm. which is like you or me. And, or, and, and there was a couple of people that I would hear is like, oh, fuck, I know you from the podcast or, oh, shit, that's Eric Casas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, your, your episode is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, oh, shit, that's yeah. cool. It's like because we had people that, you know, that that aren't really affiliated with like the Nemo Brown group but are affiliated with homies within the group that just kind of came in. And it was just awesome to have that kind of like, oh, like recognition. I know you from the podcast. Oh, my favorite episode is this one. I like when you guys do this. You guys should do that. How can I get on the podcast? And I'm like, bro, this is, you know, this podcast is for everybody. You know, everybody's Emo Brown. Yeah, it was cool, man. Even like a Jason Holler, right? Much, much love to him for coming out. He went and bought a bike. Uh, he's like, I'm going I'm to do this, man. I want to be about it, you know? And, and you know, he knows you from high school. And and, and so I was he really cool. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. seen him. Yeah, I yeah, seen yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was cool, man. You know, and that bike ride, shoot, man, that was fun, dude. It was fun. I mean, at the end of the day, that was a fun it time, It was 11 man. miles. It was three bars. We finished up here at the brewery, so it was Machete. And this started in the morning. This started at 7.30 in the mm-hmm. morning. And then we dipped out from here from the brewery, rode to Machete. Boom. Stopped quick. Get some, a pint. Some dope neon greens. Dude, we had, we had the construction worker neon green, the fluorescence. We had a pint at the Machete, bro. Hung out there for a little bit. Boo, boo, boo. And, and gunned it all the way down the <laughs> South Bay Express. We the bike route down to Alwood. Got to Alwood. Got a shot. Got a beard. Boom. You know? And a jello shot on the side. Damn. Reggie, Damn, that's, your, that's your boy Reggie. Reggie, Reggie was trying to break dance. I, I needed to find like a cardboard something to throw on the floor so they would rip his ass. Yeah, but from there we went straight to the Manhattan, had a drink there. Manhattan came over to the brewery, hung out. I feel like relationships were solidified, you know, new relationships yeah. relationships were like created. It was just fun. I mean, ultimately that's what Emo Brown is about. That's what the soldier the social club is about. Obviously it, it's taken a hit through the pandemic, but we got a little little tip of the iceberg uh uh right here through the the gratitude ride and man, mm-hmm. bottom line, we made money for the foundation. We made yeah. money for the people who are on the other end that are going to be receiving this and that's going to be awesome. If you had an opportunity to deposit, deposit, <laughs> donate to this <laughs> to this awesome cause yet, um, we have the link open still. Um, the final check handing over to the schools involved is going to be on December 8th, and we're going to have it here at the brewery. But that means up until that Friday, I presume, we're going to have the link open and available to take deposits yeah. on that. Yeah, man. You know, I'm going to go back to the ride real quick because, I, you know, for me, I, I look at it from a, like – 
high in the air optically. And how dope was that to be riding down Broadway um, from uh, from uh, Elwood to to uh, the Manhattan, right? Like just going down, dude. All of us in those neon greens, dude. All those big smiles on our face. Bro, we stopped traffic. We closed one lane. We, we did, one dude. lane was ours. We were holding it down, man. We were holding it down, man. And, and again, man, look how, look how positive that shit is, man. You get a group of fellas together, uh, camaraderie happening for a good cause. Everyone's smiling. Everyone on their bikes. Uh, it, it just what is a great time. I, I felt super honored to be a part of it, man. And uh, you know, and even to talk to my kids about it, which was really cool, and show them some pictures. Okay. And they're like, oh, that's trippy. That's cool, man. So what a great example, you know? And, and that's that's what's important for me too, right? And we always go back to legacy and those kinds of conversations, but a chance to set that example just for the community, right? I mean, shoot, man, I, I went to Mueller Elementary, bro. I went up and down these streets my whole life, man. And I can imagine being a youngster and seeing this group of fellas going down i mean that's a positive damn image you know what i mean and, oh, and i think it's counter to so much of what what we're uh what we're forced to see these days you know and yeah i think that's we're doing imagine a good thing. bro put yourself five years from now imagine this is still going on which is the goal doing the annual ride mm-hmm. our boys our kids can come out and ride mm-hmm. with us man mm-hmm. you know it'll take on a whole new meaning it'll take on a whole new level bro yeah man damn you talk about a baby from the south bay so this is kind of cool um Ever since we kind of linked up again, I feel like you've been hanging out more on the west side. Now. Yeah, dude. Is that something that you rarely do or what? Yeah, man. Ever since I, when I moved out to uh, North Park for my job, so this is about six years ago, my my chapter in West Chula Vista kind of came to an end. Outside of a couple aunts and cousins I have on the side, um, and the occasional go to J Street and hang out, I I really don't come down anymore, which is a damn shame for me, man. I mean, I I. Uh, even even during the time, even when I went to Benita, dude, and I was out in that area, my dad owned a shop right off of um right off of Industrial Boulevard next to that fun for all. So I mean, I've spent so much of my life up and down these streets. So yeah, since we've been clicking up, man, it's just nice, man, driving down now, going down this street, remembering you know childhood memories, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have a, an affinity in my heart for especially Third Avenue. I mean, I grew up on G on Van Street, right around the corner, man, and and just. So many stories, dude. Layers and layers of stories and great memories up and down this block, dude. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely cool. Welcome man. back, yeah, man. bro. Welcome feels <laughs> feels good to come back, man. Oh, Shoot, dude. Speaking of family, we just got through Thanksgiving, man. Um, do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving next level, or was this kind of par for the course this year with the pandemic? Or nah, how, do you, bro. how do you guys get down with Thanksgiving? Yeah, usually it's the in-laws' house. In-laws are uh, really great at at uh, hosting a good old family get together. Um, and yeah, so ever since I've been with my girl, it's been 20 years, dude. Uh, I've been clicking up and going to these family gatherings. This year, though, man, we uh, we just stayed in the in the house. So just me, Sherry, and the two kids. Um, so yeah, it's the first time ever that it's been that small. How about yourself? That's crazy, bro. Um, I come from a family where it's like, I have to go to my parents' house. Then we have to pack up the kids. Mm-hmm. Every holiday is the same. Wife and I were talking shit about this the other day. It's like, it's always a struggle. Somebody's always, no one's always, always going to be happy. Mm. So it's like for Christmas and for Thanksgiving are the two like main culprits for this. So Thanksgiving, we always like go to my, my parents' house, hang out, have dinner there. Hightail it somewhere at the end of the night and run over to my in-law's house, hang out there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's a headache, bro. It's a hassle. Yeah. But it's one of those things that, you know, I come from a Mexican family. It's like, we're used to it. Yeah. But I'm the only motherfucker that I know that has to do it, you know, because my kids are fortunate. Yeah. One, their parents are together, you know, yes. both wife and I, we've been married now 15 years, known her for all of her life. Right? Yeah. I know since she was like four years old. So it's like we have a solid foundation. So my boys are lucky and very fortunate. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. You got to work hard and make sure, you know, your partner's happy, mm-hmm. like in every which way. Um, but on top of that, like my parents are still together, yeah. you know, and then. 
my wifey's parents are still together. Yeah. So both these, my weenies, man, they got two sets of grandparents, you know, <laughs> still together. And then they have their parents that are still together. Homie, like they're, they're my wife's sister, like their kids, they don't even have that, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and, and then my sister, yeah, well, they have that too. So it's like, it's very weird. Like we have to share time with everybody and we're fortunate, yeah. you know, so this year was a little bit different, obviously this year, um, we went to my parents' house. And we've been, you know, we've been very careful. Where they, got, where they live. Dude, this is a trip too. So everybody lives on the west side now. Okay. Once upon a time, we all lived on the east side. Uh-huh. You know, I grew up in Bonita. Um, I bought, bought the, help, the house here and, and, and uh, here next to the brewery in Twin Oaks Davidson. When I was 20, parents helped out, made sure it happened. They did it all. made, And it was ghetto, bro. Yeah. It was ghetto back then. Like people think of Third Avenue and how awesome it was. it is now. And I'm like, ooh. In the year 2000, it was a different game. I lived, I lived here then. Yeah. I, lived, I lived off of G and, um, fuck, what was that? G and uh, Fourth. So I was, we're neighbors. So it was like uh, Twin Oaks and Davidson yeah. on the corner where I live. It was our house. And then across the street is another house. And that was it. Because yeah. before, legit, like, like uh, probably like a bunch of duplexes that were all run down yeah. and like kind of like tires in the front yard and yeah. shit like that. It was, it was just bad. Crack house. Like we came yeah, to find yeah. out those were crack houses. They were yeah. just flop houses, bro. And now like fast forward from the year 2000 to the year 2020, all that shit's been knocked down. You got Mario Lopez investing money here in the hood, in the community. <laughs> you know what? People shit on him. Yeah. People, people shit on Mario Lopez for like dipping out and wearing Dodger gear. I ain't done with that shit. Yeah, like, yeah. You from Chula Vista, you from San Diego, you don't, yeah. you don't rock that Dodger yeah. gear. Those motherfuckers <laughs> like, you know, doing his, doing his thing on Entertainment Tonight or whatever he's on, like wearing Dodger gear, whatever. He's doing his thing. He's a handsome devil, dog. Yeah, shit, that much. That's bro. why they have to people hate on him, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate on him, bro, because I, I came to find out that half of the, the, the housing that I'm talking about that was resurrected on the block is a company that, that that he funds okay like you know it's like that bill it's like a, a real estate and reinvestment group and they bought some property they built up condos nice. they put some money apartment complex i'm like for me everybody i know shits on him i don't know anybody who doesn't shit on mario lopez mm. i happen to be king to the fellow like you said he's nice on the eyes <laughs> yeah. and uh he's just very charismatic and you know you, you can tell bro and, and he's a chula vista kid yeah, done dude. good how, 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 some love, who dog. doesn't fucking like a a, a a nice little like you know like I came out of Chula Vista and now I'm living in Hollywood, married to a Russian dancer, have a beautiful family. Like, that's him. Good for him, bro. Well, the question is, why do people shit on people in general? Well, here's you know the thing. Where does well, that fuck that come from? I can, I can, I can talk to the Mexican aspect of okay. it, bro, because we grew up in that shit. Okay. I grew up in constantly shitting in, on people while I was the people that was shit on. Uh-huh. Let me rephrase. I would get shit on the most. So for me, it was learn to shit on or get shit on. Yeah. You know, you told and, me about that. They yeah, you so now it's mayonnaise like, or something dude, like that. Dude, right? they, used to, they used to call me leche face. They used to call me mayonesa. Bro, I was the whitest Mexican in the family for a while. Then my sister came, and then boom, she got hit with it. Then some other cousins came, and they got <laughs> hit. We come from a very like light background. My family's yeah. from Guadalajara. Yeah, you know, yeah. my dad's from Mexicali. So you know, it's Wayne, Wayne, Wayne of the darker hue, yeah. bro. So I would always get fucked with. You know, so for me, I was like. I, got, I had a little turquoise uh, wireless little binder, you know, the ones you bought at fucking Rite Aid for like 99 cents. And I would go into the bathroom after, I remember it was after sixth grade and my teeth were big and they were gaps and, you know, my hair just came in all weird. I had big ears and I hadn't grown into shit, bro. I was awkward. I was in sixth grade. What are you going to do? You know, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. cry myself to sleep. And motherfuckers would come at me heavy like, ah, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. So everything that they would tell me, I would go home and sit down and be like, all right. 
if this motherfucker says my ears are like this, uh, I'm going to have this, this, and that to say, and I'm going to rip on them. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon that shit became second nature. Yeah. So as soon as anybody opened their mouth, like I was just gunning for them. Yeah, I said, all yeah, right, come yeah, at me. Yeah. After a while, when I was in high school, that shit all disappeared. Yeah. I grew into my ears. <laughs> yeah. My hair straightened out. It, it, it became what I wanted it to yeah, be. Man. My teeth were good. They're straight. No more braces. Motherfucker, I wore braces like for six years. I don't know if that's a world record, but six years I had braces in my mouth. Uh, you know, I grew into all of that. You know, I started playing athletics. I started playing soccer you know i was doing this got in a band i was like buckle that shit yeah, all right and instead of taking the hire and be like you know what no you know like ah, i used to get fucked with all the time now if i see somebody can fuck with i'm gonna be the knight in shining armor it's like nah homie you're gonna learn <laughs> you're gonna learn the same way yeah, i learned yeah, which yeah. brings us to being a parent now yeah because wifey and i always talk about it. it's like oh you're a bully and i was like i'm not a bully i just i have a very short level of taking nonsense taking you. shit you yeah. know like i'm older yeah. now and i feel like my temper is it, I'm, I'm not a recluse i'm not angry right i just talk shit yeah you know i i, I don't even remember the last time i was angry or like oh i'm gonna fuck there I'm, I'm not i don't get angry and i think wifey gets mad because I, I feel like sometimes she's looking for something and i don't give it to him like, yeah you're right wife you got it it's all you uh, my bad my bad uh, even if it's not my fault i'm like yeah my bad I, i'm sorry how can i make this better i you know i understand it fucked up how, how can i make this up yeah. i don't want to argue you yeah, yeah. it's not about winning or losing i'm like you're right <laughs> so i'm a weenie in that respect but now it's like we have kids bro we have kids and and, and now i tell wife it's like you think i'm a bully but shoes on the other foot you'd rather your three boys get bullied or you'd rather they be the bullies and she's like oh well i don't know i don't want them to be bullies. okay let's have them channel that shit into you know like jujitsu and and into something that will help it develop into being respectful and showing um restraint uh -huh. you know instead of like being an asshole maybe it'll be like all right cool you get a pass because i know it can whip your ass yeah you know yeah. if you teach a child how to how to stand up for themselves or how to defend somebody else like ultimately you're teaching them how to have confidence self-confidence mm -hmm. have high self-esteem mm -hmm. you know just be a better functioning yeah. member of society so i told i spun it like that to wifey and she's all right let's get him in jujitsu and pandemic fucked all that up but yeah, we'll, we'll get back into it yeah, eventually yeah. but i mean I guess I'd rather have bullies, but I hear you. I mean, it sounds like at the heart of all of this is you don't want your your kids. Like I don't want my kids to experience that kind of pain. And if that pain comes their way, you want them to be prepared yeah. to, to deflect it. Right. And, and I get you, man. I totally get it, man. And I grew up in very similar circumstances. You know, I, I, I grew up around older cousins yeah. here in Chula Vista and that's all they, that's, that's, all, we that's do. all they do is rub on each other. Yeah. I'm so damn sensitive. Mm -hmm. I suck at it. Someone like, uh, teases on me, man. I have a hard time like deciphering. Hey, are you just <laughs> you being funny, me? dog? Are you trying to like? Are we trying to do something, dog? You know what I mean? It's always been very hard for me, man. So I just try to project like peace and love, so I don't even have to go down that road. Because when I go down that road, it's like, oh man, it's a process, dude. And yeah, it fucks me all up, man. So with my son. Um, who I can tell already is uh, at the age of five. He's a sweetheart of a kid, but he's real shy, man. Uh, and I could tell, dude, that like he's really good at getting along with people. So good. it's going to benefit him, good. right? And he's good at laughing. He's good at joking. And, and he's really good at running with some older, some of his older cousins, man. So I'm, I'm like, you'll be good. Social skills intact. Social skills are well. But my daughter's inherited my, uh, my social skills. So, yeah, man, I think, I think with, even with the kids, right, when I think of my daughter, I can't help but see myself in her. You know what I mean? Like even at that age, she's 10 now. And I see all the strengths that she has, super creative, um, really affectionate. Um, but she has this, uh, she has an intolerance for uh, 
bullshit or being picked on or any of those kinds of things. So I know from my own experience, and I think sometimes we can't help but project our, our life experience onto our kids, right? Assuming they're going to have some of those same things go down. And so with my daughter, I'm like, okay, I need, to, I need to do my best to give her some of the skills that have helped me at an older age, like some self-awareness and to be able to communicate how she's feeling in the moment, the ability to be uh, proactive. Um, and, and really, if anything, bro, the ability to identify who is positive in your life and who is negative and to empower her to say, if you're negative, I ain't got no time for you, man. I don't care if that's family. I don't care if that's your perceived friends. Like, yo, cut them off, man. And so I think a lot of uh, my lessons with her, and th that's what I try to pass down, you know, just that that sense of empowerment. Like you have the ability to choose who will be in your life um, and go with that. You know what I mean? I wish I had that that skill set as a youngster, bro. Like, yeah. like a, a filtering of the bullshit or a filtering of the, the real ones and the pretenders, you know, like- yeah. I, I'm barely learning it now. Yeah. I mean, it took a freaking pandemic to kind of understand mm -hmm. how to uh, get rid of those who are, are are legitimately like trying to do well by your side and those who are just kind of hanging on mm -hmm. and seeing what, you know, too much of that, man. And yeah. it sucks to have to teach our kids that at a young age, but it's awesome that we have to, we get an opportunity to teach them at yeah. a young age. Because yeah. hopefully, I mean, for me, I view my children as a, an opportunity to do better. Yeah. Like, right. And like, I'm not an asshole. I'm not, like, I'm not a bad person, but I know I could be a lot better. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. we always tell our kids, do better, be better. So it's like, okay, you know what? Be respectful. Don't take any shit though. You know, like, yeah. just, we don't start things. We, 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 we do our best to finish them. And that's it. And then with jujitsu, like, I, I know you've mentioned in the past how you, you've taken your kids to, uh, to Title One here, No Tai Ranch to, uh, to learn that, you know, in the mm -hmm. same token, I took my kids to jujitsu to learn those. Mm -hmm. Like, respect and, and just restraint just understand what what's coming your way because for little kids sometimes i feel like their senses shit sometimes i feel like my senses are fully developed and yeah. i get overrun yeah. so i can only imagine what a little one could feel like in in a crazy time like what's going on right now yeah, yeah Dude, and, and it's a fucking crazy time like i was telling wife right now over thanksgiving that uh at least our kids have each other right like we have three little boys eight six and three and they all like I don't know. Before, I felt like they they weren't as connected and and unified as they are now. Right. But now there's no fucking there ain't no way around it, bro. Yeah. You wake up, your brothers are there. Yeah. All throughout the day, they're gonna be yeah. there. Yeah. You're gonna take a shower, take a bath. They're gonna be there. By the time you go to sleep, they're gonna be there. So they're a tight knit group. Yeah. They're and, and and I love that. So now when they go back to school, it's like. They're going to be that tight little. They got that nucleus, and that should have been there from the get. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, things happen, and and and. The older ones get friends and right. start doing like activities and soccer and baseball and jujitsu. The middle one, same thing. He has a hard time. He, middle child is a middle child, has a hard time connecting. Am I the baby? Am I supposed to be grown up? So, okay. you know, everything for him is, it's like me. It just comes a little bit more difficult. We have to, we have to focus more. We have to, we have to really like sit down and pay a hundred percent attention to what we're doing or we're, we're easily distracted. Yeah. So I like, before I came in here today, bro, I was sitting down working with him doing like some homework and it takes forever with him, bro. <laughs> bro, his homework today, like the last piece is like a, 
a number chart, one through 120, and like 30 numbers are filled in already. So he's got to go in and, and fill in the rest of the numbers. You know what, John? You know, we sit back and we're like, come on, homie. Yeah, 17. Get it done. Get like, it done. 22. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but he's just kind of looking at me and I'm like, fuck, bro, I feel bad. Like, I, I'm losing my patience. Yeah. But I'm looking at him I was like, he doesn't know. He's, he's just looking at me. You're going to sit and help me, daddy? You're going to help me? I'm like, yeah, but yeah. And wifey's frustrated, you know? And I'm frustrated. And I'm like, come on, boy. Like, Connect the dots. It's right there. But, you know, I, but ah, I ain't alone with this. Yeah. You know? man. Well, I can only imagine if you don't have kids like trying to fully grasp the the level of difficulty from home, the homeschooling, homeschooling perspective, you know, and, and, and granted, man, I have nothing but respect for these teachers, even more so now. I mean, even more so. I can only imagine how difficult it must be to do your job within those confines. You know, my son's in kindergarten, and this poor teacher, she's an absolute angel, man. She pours out her love to these kids every single day. Half of them ain't paying attention, right? I mean, it's so hard, too. You know, and then she's really tasked with teaching some fundamental skill sets to help them be better in first, second, third, fourth grade in life, you know? So it's really, really hard. So I, I can see, though, if, if I didn't have kids, I would be like, just sit down with them, man, and just like, you know, one, two, three, ABCs. Let's go, man. Let's do it, you know? But this is a tough time, man. But you know what it's doing, from my view, is it's it's enhancing, hopefully, it's enhancing our empathy for each other, yeah. our sense of compassion from each other, because we all have this in common. Whether it's in Chilla Vista or you're from Encinitas or Escondido, and you're a parent doing homeschooling, like, we all get it. And I think that commonality is really what uh, is going to allow us to to do better as a, as a species, right? Like to do better, man, to be better, you know, and 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 hopefully those lessons that your sons are having with each other, they're in it together, man. And so when they look back on this time, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, that one pandemic. Remember that? Remember dad was getting like doing his best to teach us how to do X, Y and Z, you know, but yeah, no patience, no patience. <laughs> Daddy was that patient. He's a horrible <laughs> Why teacher. Why so mad? <laughs> Do your kids, um, how are they with the pandemic, man? Ah, man, my kids, okay, so one, my, um, like me, I'm an introvert by nature, man, so I'm fundamentally cool being inside the house, just like having creative time. Time out, motherfucker. Yeah, straight. straight. You're, you're an introvert? I'm an introvert, bro. I'm a classic introvert, man. Damn, but you, you come in here like with, you know, like, huh. Fuck with me. Like, you got this bravado. You always got the Dixons on. Yeah, yeah, you got, yeah. You got your, your flannels yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tatted all yeah, the way up yeah, to the yeah, neck, to yeah. the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You strike me as anything but an introvert, bro. No, man. Like, you know, like, real talk. There, There is some defense mechanism in what you see. Right. You know, there is a I bit feel, of, like, yeah. like, if you ain't about peace, stay away. Because, you know, again, I'm always having to fight, like past life stuff. I'm always having to fight that stuff, man. But by nature, I enjoy, like in my solitude, I enjoy being alone, being artistic, uh, being in the garden. Like, I love all that, man. Um, and I was fortunate enough to meet a wife who loves that as well. So our kids, outside of my son, my daughter's an introvert as well. I mean, she's cool, bro. She's in her room, drawing. Uh, having a blast. Having a, in heaven, dude. There's no like, oh, we got to go and see so-and-so, you know? Like, she's living it, man. So it all fits in well. Yeah, but when I come around here, like, I've learned, I've had to, like, learn how to be in social environments and and be cool and enjoy it. And a lot of that's because, especially, like, nowadays, which you all is like, oh, y'all real people, man. Mm. There's no there's no pretentiousness. Nah. There's just people trying to do their best to be their best and have a good time while they're at it. Like, I, I can I can vibe with that. Is that long. weird? Is that weird that, I mean, that pe- that's the first thing people tell me is like, you guys just all like, you legitimately seem like you all want to like, you know, help each other be better. And I'm like, I mean, first off, 
I'm not trying to get one up on anybody. Right. I feel like that's like a like a main issue. I feel like we're all in the same boat. We all kind of like fighting, striving for the same things. Yeah. There's dudes in the group that don't have like kids. You right. know, like the homie Tony doesn't have kids, and he right. always reminds me, he's like, "Not all of us are parents." And I'm like, "I get it, bro. You're right." You know, and I, I fucking feel bad. I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. You're not all of us are yeah, parents." Yeah, but yeah. it's just so easy for me to say, like, "Yeah, we're all parents and we're all this," because that's who I hang out with. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Looking back now, it's like I remember not having kids. I remember, wife might get butthurt. I remember like not having kids and just kind of like going through the motions. Yeah. She'd go to work, I'd go to work. We'd come home, we'd make a dinner or go get takeout right. and come home, like smoke a bowl on the couch, watch a movie. Yeah. And that was a wrap. Yeah. And now I look back, I'm like, God damn. <laughs> how did we do that? Cause we did that for seven years before we got married, yeah. bro. You know, before we got married, it was it was that was the lifestyle. We'd hung, hang out with friends who did the same thing. It was just smoke weed. Like everything was like, "Hey, bro, you coming over? Yeah, let's go to a movie. Fuck, it's rip before we go. Totally, you know what I mean. Okay. And to an extent, I I took a, a huge time out. Wifey hasn't smoked since we had, since she got pregnant with yeah. Sunny, bro. Yeah, it's like and that was like nine years ago. Oh wow! I think I caught her once in Frisco. I, I we gave her like a an edible, or she smoked, and she's like, "Oh man, that felt weird." And I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, it's." It's a little different now. Oh, that's, that's, that's scary, man. <laughs> we take little, that much time and you jump back yeah. in. So for me, I'm barely learning to dabble in it yeah. again. Yeah. And I need it right now because my schedule is shit, bro. Like I'm going, it, going to work at midnight. So it's like I got to be asleep by 7. Yeah. Every night I got to be asleep at 7. So at 6.45, I'm chiefing in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, 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 got to go to yeah, sleep. Yeah, Kids, yeah. all right. Yeah. Let's get you in the shower. Yeah. Let's make sure that we read your book. All right, Mimi's time. Mimi's time. Daddy, why are you going to sleep? The sun's still up. I'm like, yeah. I got to go to work, boy. Yeah. So I mean, I think there's something to be said about you know, the energy you put into things, man. I mean, my view is I've yet to be around you and see anything but a positive look on whatever the situation is, whether it's uh, trying to gather people to go for a ride, whether it's figuring out your your podcast stuff, you know what I mean? Like you have that positive attitude. And I feel from what I've seen is that the crew around you like loves that. And we, everyone's in the same direction. Yeah, everyone is on that vibe. You know, what I mean, even even with like Caesar, right? Like Caesar p- posting like real positive things. You know what I mean? And and even behind when the mics are off and we're together, this is what you see, man. Ain't no faking. They ain't no faking, man. So yeah. you know, maybe that's one part of our age. You know, I mean, we're at that that. I mean, sad to say, that final chapter of really being kids. I still feel like a kid, but Take I'm also easy, very aware. No, I'm very aware, right? So maybe there's some of that, or maybe it's just the universe is aligned to put great people, great minds, great hearts together, and and just you know fucking better each other. Bro, I never bought into that. I no. never bought into the like the. The Taurus and, and the Sagittarius, yeah, or yeah, the stars yeah, aligning, yeah. or you get out what you, you you get in what you put out, and right, like, right. But like now, honestly, man, the group of dudes, group of people, like everyone's we're on that same level, yeah. And I think it's just it's just nature, bro. I mean, honestly, if you're an asshole, you're gonna attract asshole. Yeah, you're a good person, you're gonna attract good people. Definitely, you know, it's like honestly, I'm an asshole. Yeah. But I'm doing my best to like maintain. Like you said, you, you, you're trying to do that, walk that line as well. You know, you got yeah. things that you got to battle with sometimes. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. For me, it's easy. Like someone say, what's up? Man, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, yeah. I, want, I want to deal with you today. I'm, I'm tired. I got no sleep. Yeah. But I mean, what's the alternative? Like you say, oh, well, you try to figure things out. You're trying to be. The alternative is what? Shutting down? Being a bad example to my kids? Being a horrible husband that, I, that wifey can't communicate to? Ultimately, that just leads down the path of destruction, bro. So whether I, I like it or not. I get up in the morning and I got to go to work. I yeah. get up in the morning. It's like, I got to go to work. I'm going to make this the best fucking day possible. Yeah. I don't feel it a hundred percent, but I'm like, fucking let's go. What do your coworkers at UPS think of you from an outside view? And as they get to know you, it's weird, man. Cause 
I've been at UPS now, what, six years? Yeah, pushing six years. And they should be giving you a little yeah. fucking podcast Shh. kickdown as Bro. much as you reference these motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I mean, everyone's cool, man. I mean, initially it was like, oh, there goes a dude trying to open the brewery. <laughs> and um, I remember once upon a time, one guy that was there was like, hey, man, um, when everybody comes here, everybody says they're going to do something. Okay. Nope. You know, not maybe like one out of ten, maybe gets it done. I hope, I hope you get it done. You know, and I was like, no, 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 I feel you, man. Is I just, it's a lot of work. It's not easy. I just want to do my best and like mm-hmm. make sure I pop this off. And then now, like fast forward to 2020, and it's like, like everybody know oh, you're the dude who opened the brewery. Oh, you're the dude that did the, the podcast. You have the bar, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So everyone's cool because everyone we all work together it's a grimy job yeah. bro it's 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 not a like let me let me put on my suit and tie and go to work and and, and get into this <laughs> truck and handle this shit this is a legit grimy job you're there for six hours to to 10 hours now that it's like the crazy time you're just there in the shitty part of the day from midnight to like 10 in the morning to like 12 p.m. Sometimes you're just there and, and you're grinding. That's just hard work. Seeing the sun come up. Yeah, huh? bro. That's I mean, we, we fuck around. We take pictures of the sunrise and we're like, oh, look at the sunrise and shit. But it's like we're out there in the cold, <laughs> bro. And, and, we're, and we're grinding and we're working and you develop that friendship. Yeah. You develop a, a working relationship rather. Maybe not a friendship. There's a couple of dudes that I'm, I'm pretty tight with now. But it's like, fuck. Mm. They see you for everything. That's crazy. They, they don't see you as like. Oh, that's Steve. He runs a brewery. Yeah. Oh, and he works here. I was like, nah, motherfucker, you work here. Yeah. You know, oh, and you happen to have these other things as well. We're all homies. It's a bro. It's a different brotherhood. That's wild, man. I, I mean, I, I tried to get a temporary job at UPS freaking 20 years ago, man. I had like long hair and they're like, you got to cut your hair. You can't have tattoos showing. So, I mean, you're, you're flexing pretty hard. It, it looks like the standards have maybe evolved. Yeah. They, they, they allow facial hair now. Yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> they allow tattoos. Um, some of the drivers feel self-conscious about it. I see them cause I, they come in and they, they're wearing like long sleeves and, oh, okay. and, and like long shorts, like the, the, what's it called? The compression shorts that go all the way down to their ankles. <laughs> some dudes don't give a fuck, yeah, bro. Some yeah. dudes are their neck. And I think I had seen the guy with a, a face tattoo. Oh shit. Yeah. You have your like, neck and face tattoo. Yeah, they don't yeah, care. And, they're, and they're drivers dog. and everything. So I'm like, all right, maybe UPS realized yeah. that the workforce is shrinking yeah, and right, they, yeah. they, they gotta be happy with what they get now. But I work in the warehouse now, man. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't public guy and yeah. I don't cross not not there you know yeah so I, that's what I was telling you it was like fuck I don't know I don't know how far to go with my tattoos like my arm is finally to the point where it's getting done yeah and Looks now dope. I'm like how what else am I gonna do like how far up am I gonna do like I still want to like I want to finish his arm yeah left arm is a must then I want to creep over into the shoulder and then creep over maybe into the chest yeah and I got my back like just I like, got San Diego written about my back because I'm gangster that's super <laughs> but that's it bro <laughs> like I don't know I was I was thinking like do I want something on my hand shit do i want something on my neck my mom's already hates everything i have I bet, bro dude. i bet dude. how's your mom's because you fucking inked up bro Yo, yeah, that's funny man when i started i knew i was gonna get tatted down since i was a little kid man mm-hmm. since I, I was like fantasizing about that because like my dad was tatted down my uncles were tatted down like the people we hung around with the men were tatted down so i had this uh this like view of masculinity right of being like tatted down like badasses right and it seems so cool to me so ever since i was a kid i was planning what i was gonna do and all that stuff so but 
I had to wait till I turned 18. And then so the day I turned 18, I went and got a tattoo. My mom's a trip, bro. She started fasting, dude, praying, praying to the Lord that her son wouldn't go get done up, man. Oh. And, and so one after the other, well, granted, man, this was, you know, 20, oh, 23, 24, 25 years ago, man. And uh, so, you know, I mean, at that time, like it still wasn't, it, it was right on the cusp of becoming like super trendy, right? Uh, no, but uh, but just getting one done after the other and after the other, I just like, for, kind of in your, in your shoes, man, I was like, man, I just want to have this like balance across my body. So if I do it on one arm, I want to do it on the other arm. And, and that turned into where I'm, I'm pretty, pretty blasted all around right now, man. I do got a couple spots. Like I was telling, um, Chicle, dude, I want him. He says he has a tattoo gun. Yeah, man. he says so he's I'm got calling one. calling him out on this dog is I want him to put a dollar sign on my, my eyelid, dude. So I just think it look hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know my tattoos don't mean anything, bro. It's there. It's not like I'm a. This stands for my uh, my emergence from the, from the trauma. It's nothing. They're just permanent stickers, man. Outside of my kids' names on my hands. And honestly, dog, I just put them on my hands because at the time I thought I can like socially get by. You know, and it's my kids' names, right? You know what I mean? Like I can get a pass. And I'll tell you a funny story too. So I have Lucille on my on my right hand. I wanted to name my son Logan because I thought the name sounds dope. You know, Logan, man. But I, I knew I was gonna get it tattered on my hand. But I was like, shit, Ooh. with the populations I work yeah. with, dog, I'm gonna be getting hit it up all the time, yeah. man. You from Logan? You from Logan? So, so I shit canned that idea and it stuck with Samuel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's <laughs> funny because I have a cousin. His last name's Juarez, right? Uh-huh. And he got Juarez tattooed oh, on his yeah, arm, dude, yeah. on his fucking forearm, where uh-huh. I have like three punk on it. Yeah. And. You know, we're in San Diego yeah. and it's like, there's a little bit of a drug culture, yeah, yeah, a little bit yeah. of a, you know, like yeah. cartel shit. And yeah. he, he would tell me, he's like, yeah, I, got, I used to get banged on all the time, bro. Yeah, and I was dude. like, fuck, well, you put Juarez on your arm, fool, and you're from fucking, <laughs> and you're living in National City. Oh, so I'm like, that shit's going to happen. Yeah, man. Uh, I have San Diego on my back. I just better not go to jail because I, I think, think I'm going to get hard, man. Nah, dude, who cares, man? Okay, you go to jail. You're, you're, there'll be plenty of your listeners in there, darling. Take care of you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, dude. <laughs> Damn, so what else? You're gonna you're gonna get a dollar sign on that eyeball. Yeah, man. It was just a funny idea I wanted to do, mainly because I think That's it's gonna hurt fool. Oh yeah, dude. I just thought it was kind of hood and I like a little bit of hood, so I thought I'd do well, it. Fuck you live in East Lake, bro. Yeah. Fuck that. Strong streets of East Lake. The man. strong streets of East Lake. Yeah, man, we got youngsters driving around like they're hard, dude. I'm like, oh my goodness. Dude, yeah, you dude. do. It's, it's I, ridiculous. I, when we lived in East Lake, bro, we 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 saw that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was telling you earlier, I don't know if I finished that. Yeah, we we all lived in East Lake. Yeah. I lived in a grew up in Benita. Then a uh, wifey and I got married. We uh, bought a house out in uh, San Miguel Ranch. And um, we stayed there for seven years, mm-hmm. you know, stayed there seven years. My my sister and her now husband, they bought a, a, a townhome there too. And so for a while, like we all lived there, uh, myself and then my my sister and her husband lived in there, there in the same neighborhood. And my parents still lived in Benita. And then I, as soon as we had kids, because we waited seven years to have kids, we had kids, and then we hightailed it back to the west side. And yeah. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to raise a family, I want to raise them over here on the west side, and la, la, la. This was before any fucking aspirations for a brewery, yeah. you know, like for a brewery in Chula Vista, rather. And then, yeah, sooner or later, everybody kind of migrated to the west side, bro. And uh, we sold, I had to sell my house out there to make the brewery happen. My sister and her boy, her husband, Sean, they still have their house. They're running it out. My parents still have their house in Benita. Now we all live on the west side, real close to each other. I live here on Twin Oaks. Parents live off of Second. My sister and Sean live off of Jay. So Sick. we all live without within a mile. Yeah, bro. that's cool, you man. You know, so I mean, shit just happens sometimes. Yeah. you know, you can't you can't you can't always say don't force a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, shit's just gonna happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now things are just happening, and you know you just, just gotta stay on the right foot. Do do your best to do your best. And that's it, bro. 
Well, man, I mean, I think it's super dope that your family lives that close, right? I mean, for, for better, for worse, you know, you have a Fortunately chance. Fortunately for better. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> right for now real? for better, yeah. yeah. You know, your kids have a chance to connect with their family and, and at the very least have that image of a family, you know what I mean? You're sharing about you, you and your old lady being together as long as you have and your parents being together and your sister and her, her dude being together. Like, like that's a rarity, man. You that's know, what I was telling you know, wifey. Rarity, I was like, dude. I don't think... Well, the kids for sure they're they're, they're oblivious to it because they don't they don't know any different. Right, right. But I'm telling wifey is like your parents are still together. Yeah. My parents are still together. It's like that's fucking rare, to where both of the sets of our parents are together and we're together and our kids have that fucking dynamic. Yeah. So do. I'm like, we can't fuck this up. You know, like yeah. I want to make sure we take care of these kids and show them like all the positivity. I want to instill some assholeness in them, bro. I mean, they they they're from me, so I mean, I, I need them to sting, you know, they I get a little taste. I need dude. them to like just like realize, like, come on, yeah. But I'm happy. I'm I'm grateful. I'm yeah. fortunate. You know, they even got a, a great grandma, bro. Damn. You know, they got a great grandma. You That's know? sweet, dude. She's ninety. I always screw up her. She's ninety two, maybe ninety four. It's an even number. She's ninety two at the bare minimum. Living yeah. in my parents' pad, she has her house in TJ, and she's like dying to go back, but. With COVID and everything going on, they're not letting her yeah. go back over. She's like, "Now nah, you're staying here with us." So she lives with my mom and my pet, and my dad. So that's the only reason I've been playing it safe. I played COVID safe for two reasons. Tell me, for my sister and and, and Sean, they were pregnant and they just had their son. Um, so I mean, you know, they're older in 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 the scheme of parenting. So yeah. it was like, ah, fuck. We got to protect this. We got to, you know, make sure that I'm not, anybody's not going to put them in a compromising situation. Right. Like, I know they worked hard to have this. I'm not going to fuck it up. Yeah. Then my grandma, you know, she's 92. So, I mean, at that age, anything could kind of like yeah. foo, throw things off the, totally. the, the, the fucking, the railway. So those were my two greatest like drivers and, and, and all, my family, basically my, my family. Yeah. That, that was the main reason I want to do COVID the right way. And I mean, I'm not saying anything that nobody else is saying. I mean, you did it for the same reasons. Yeah, everyone yeah. everyone has their their family uh, an interest when it comes to like protecting themselves. But now that everyone, my sister is like giving birth, you know, and yeah. now that uh, my grandma's there and she's she's like, you know, she she's in high spirits once upon a time that she wasn't like, you know, she's locked down, bro. I can't imagine, man. I mean, my mom lives with me. She's 70 plus years of age and. You know, I mean, her whole social life has, has come to a halt. You know, she likes going to church. She don't go to church anymore. Um, she's still praying for the tattoos to go away? She's still praying, man. She's still praying for me on the daily. I know that much, man. But, uh, you know, I, I, my whole COVID take, like one, real talk. At first, I was super judgy of people that were overly cautious. Go ahead. Like, oh, man. I, I, that was just where my heart was at, man. I was just like, man, like. Y'all scared, dog. And I personally like try to root out fear from settling in in like my home or in my heart, right? Like I try to do my best around that. But you know, the more I would listen to others and see their side, like yeah, it's not just about yourself; it's about those around you. Like I, I come to respect and 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 no more judgment. Like just do you. Like everyone just do themselves, and and we'll be good. But real talk, man, I don't I don't think about COVID at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll wear the mask because yeah. I think that's a responsible thing to do in the community from a community perspective. But, like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't wake up. From the time I wake up, time I go to sleep, I'm not like, oh, damn, did I come in contact with that? I just yeah. don't think that way. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that might be part of the course now for everybody, though. Yeah. I mean, it's nine months. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's nine months. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole pregnancy. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean, man? Yes. I mean, that, people change. The, yeah. the, the, the the demeanor change. I mean, there's there's Trump 
Trump supporters that have changed, bro. Yeah. They're still there, dude? I thought thought it's over now, dude. They're dwindling, bro. They're dwindling. (laughs) It's it's funny, man. I've seen flags go down. You know? It is what it is. But I mean, people change. This this nine months has given everybody, like, for the COVID, a new perspective. Like, I'm the same way. I was, okay, all right. Got to do this. Got to do that. I run a business. I run these business. I got to make sure we're doing this. We're doing that. Yeah. Now I'm just, I just take a stand back and I look around. I'm like, hey, nobody here gives a fuck. Dude. Yeah, dude. I look in the streets. I look outside. I'm like, damn, yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. This shit's not going to get it better until we get a vaccine because motherfuckers want to keep living. And I get that. Like yeah. I said, I'm not judgmental. I, I take care of myself and I take care of my family. You know, um, I don't, I wake up, I go to work. Do your thing. I get, I get out of work. I go run, I go stop at the businesses. I do that. I go home, I shower. The only thing that reminds me of COVID is that my kids are at home and we're teaching them from home. Uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, social yeah, learning, yeah. distance learning. Okay, yeah, this yeah. is going on. Aside from that, we're homebodies. I mean, the only thing we do is we, we, we enjoy going out to dinner and that's a thing that came to halt for us. Yeah. Everything else is pretty much, I'm introverted as fuck. Yeah. I love being at home. See, I love being at <laughs> yeah. home. Wifey gets on my ass. She's like, you just want to be at home. And I was like, yeah, I'm out work and doing dumb shit all day. I yeah. just want to come home and relax. Yeah. She's like, well, that's not fair to me because I'm home. And I was like, all right. I said, all right. It's all right. Let's, let's go. And some. I know you had this talk. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know if you had the talk with wifey recently, but I know a couple other guys in the writing group got the talk where it's like, you can't write every Sunday. Uh, you got to hang out with the family and, and, and spend some time with us. So I, I had to pull the plug on a fucking ride that I really wanted to go yeah, to. Yeah, dude, she went on that ride. But, it, cool but, ride. but unless I wanted shit to, you know, yeah. continue progressing in the right direction, I had to, like, take a time out and, and just hang out with the family. And here's the thing. This is when I know that I'm surrounded by a good group of fucking people and a good group of friends. Yeah. I put it in the chat. I said, yo. I'm out. And just the night before, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, motherfuckers, I'll see you yeah. 7.30 in the morning. Let's ride. It's going to be awesome. I'm yeah. looking for And then I wake up at 7 in the morning or it was like 10 p.m. or whatever. It's like, hey, I'm out. Uh, wifey gave me the speech. Yeah. Yo, bro, family first. Handle your shit. Yeah. Handle your shit. Don't yeah. even sweat it. Da, 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 da. We'll do it again next week. Blah. The wrong group would be like, fuck him. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. Fucking you whoop. Mandilon, yeah, yeah, always yeah. doing what it's like. Oh, I got none of that. I, my defense mechanism, it, I was ready, bro. Ready. In my in my head, I had opened up that fucking blue, the turquoise <laughs> blue. I was like, Ooh, come at me. <laughs> come but, at but, me but nobody came at me. Oh, Everybody was shit. like, Don't worry, bro. Family first. Handle your family. La la la. And I was like, Cool. Have fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slept in. Yeah. I slept in like a champion in my yeah. warm bed while yeah, you motherfuckers yeah. were out there in the coat. Getting lost in the hills of East Lake, dude. Yeah, man. Why, well, dude? You know what? It's all about balance, right? I've sucked my whole life, bro, at uh, practicing moderation. You know, I've never been good at that. I find something I'm into and I just go balls to the wall with it until it, it turns to be toxic or turns to be too much. You know what I'm saying? So I was having this conversation with my boy the other day, man. Like my, my hope one day, if, if, if I could get to a spot in life is to do that whole moderation thing. You know what I mean? A little bit of balance, a little bit here, a little bit there. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I've been fortunate because of sharing my wife, man. I mean, she don't, she don't really, like get on me about the whole bike ride thing and like she's like yeah go do it man i, I think partially because she's an introvert and she enjoys her uh, her alone time her alone time you know what i mean but nah man it's all respect dog it's all respect man plus you fucking go so damn hard i don't know when you get your rest given all these jobs you got soon man. soon soon uh, it all coming to an end tell me about jay ford oh schmacks we're gonna go there all right well let's see so check it out man i consider myself to be a creative I don't like to use the word artist too much because I think it sounds kind of pretentious, but I've always been into creating and uh, whether it's like I used to design cars and do lowrider cars and all that. Um, grew up, my dad was an artist, 
my mom, an artist in her home, right? And uh, they were into doing interior design for homes, man. They had pretty good businesses. So I grew up around that kind of stuff. And as a creative, I want to exercise that that muscle as much as I can. So I just started finding different outlets, man. Like I said, whether it was tattoos or, or uh, cars, uh, I was doing landscaping for a little bit strictly because I enjoyed like seeing a space and transforming it. And uh, I decided to like, turn that into a decent hustle, man. So I started Jay Ford, um, Justin Clint Lipford, got rid of the lip, um, and just Jay Ford, man. And so I've been doing that for a minute. And basically, it just I love doing interior design, man. Um, it's funny. Back in high school, you probably remember this, man. We would have career day, right? And uh, I remember one specific career day, man. They had all the cool people come out. They had the SWAT team, the Army, dude, all these cool people, man. And all the homies went to the Army and to the SWAT team. And like I kind of... I kind of walked away and went to the interior design shop, dude, with like three other girls and some other dude, man. And I just knew, man, I enjoy, I enjoy it, man. So like when I look around your podcast den, I'm like, yo, bring some color up in here, bring some texture up in here, man. Uh, maybe some paintings, maybe some sculptural stuff. But yeah, that's how my brain interprets space, man. It's just through the lens of color and shape and texture uh, to create a unique, a unique space, man. Keep it OG around here. Bro, this, this is your canvas, my man. I told you, let me know what you need from me. What do you envision? Start with that, man. What do you What do you want from the space, man? I don't know. I want it, I want it to say Emo Brown. You okay. know, like I, I want it to be like I want it to be what I like. I like I like music. Yeah. You know, I like yeah. my music. Um, I like graffiti. Okay, you know, like I, I like art like this, like uh-huh. on my arm, like on your arms, and uh-huh. so it's like something akin to that. But yeah. I mean, aside from that, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear you, man. I mean, you got basically the podcast den in the office next door, and a few times I've been here, I'll be like, all right, man. You, if you have more than three or four heads in here, people are standing around, right? So I think we start with functionality. What's the function you want from the space, man? I think a, a dope, fat, wide bench against the wall where multiple people can sit down on. Cool art piece. Right when you walk in, you see it. Uh, I think outside, you stick with the modern kind of vibe, though. The grays, the kind of neutral grays, and bringing some pops of color here and there. But in here, though, bro, and here, I think we get Jimi Hendrix with it, man. Lots yeah. of color, dude. Right. Just, just make it feel like when someone walks in here, man, and they see you for the first time, whether it's the mayor or whether it's the weatherman, dude, whoever it might be, they know, they know they're in a place they're not going to forget. And that could be done easy, bro. Just yeah. with, with color, dog. Challenge accepted, bro. Yeah, That's, that'll be the new, that'll be our new goal. Let's get that shit getting going. No, I hear you. Because right now you kind of got that like a... Uh, Kind of that uh, jail jail cell motif going on. <laughs> Less <laughs> is do, more. Yeah, dude, Less let's is do some more. Burpees, burpees up in here, dog. Ah. Yeah, but it'll be popping, man. Yeah, we'll get this painted and everything, dude. Jay Ford. Yeah. Thank you for coming in, bro. Hey, it's always a good time with you, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate the energy you bring, bro. This is a nice little uh, The Emo Brown and Friends, the weekly podcast. Yeah. I like these. I like yeah. the non-interview ones. Yeah. I like because I feel like Shit, I got to know you more right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, right. we hang out. All of us is, I mean, I feel like we're still in the in the honeymoon stage. We are. All of us, bro. All of us are. <laughs> I mean, the other day you said, oh, I can't wait to to, to rip bowls with you guys. Yeah, you know, like yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're suddenly getting to know each yeah, other. Far. Yeah. We haven't even shared a burrito yet, bro. Come yeah, on. Come on, guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, awesome. I'm happy that we're running in the same circles. I'm happy you're, you're, you're succeeding as a family, man. Yeah. You know, I'm happy you, you know the direction you want to lead your family in and, and how you're you're multifaceted, bro. Yeah. You got layers. You're an onion. Yeah, you're an man. artist. You're a social worker. Yeah, you're dad. Yeah. You're a husband. All the things. All the things. All the things. You're, all the things that a casserole needs to be be tasty, bro. <laughs> Thanks for cruising through. All right, man. And we'll see you soon. Good shit. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. 
and at Facebook. For those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Besitos.